When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, if you like this podcast, go behind the paywall to get privileged access to the smartest minds in finance. Join the Real Vision community and learn how to become a better investor. Visit realvision.com slash rvpod and use the promo code podcast10 to get 10% off our central membership for the first year. And now to today's episode. The signals are telling me to watch the Chinese reopening closely as it matters for everything from the commodity market to the Western economies. What we see right now is a market betting on a grand reopening of China, but I'm not so sure that this will be a straightforward conclusion for the months ahead. Stenos Signals starts right now. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the second edition of Stenos Signals. What a reception the first edition of this show had. I'm completely overwhelmed by the amount of likes and comments on the Real Vision platform. Thank you very much for all of the feedback. I will try and answer all of it during the week. Um, It's very much appreciated, and I hope that you will enjoy this second edition of the show. One of the things you told me was to look back at what I said the week before. And last week, I touched upon the inflation outlook in the US and the consequences for global markets. And this week, we had new evidence that inflation is slowing in the US. First of all, the NFIB survey revealed that small caps in the US plan on increasing prices to a much smaller extent than last year. And on historical correlations, the NFIB survey now points to inflation around 3% in roughly six months from now. This is a material game changer relative to the inflation outlook from 2022. And looking at historical correlations, it is a game changer once the inflation outlook prints below 3% on forward-looking indicators. It means that you should tilt towards bonds rather than equities. And it means that inflation is back within a range that can be acceptable to the Fed within, say, six months from now. That is also a game changer for the Federal Reserve outlook, even though we've had hawkish remarks from most of the central bank members speaking this week. So I remain firm on my view that U.S. inflation is slowing, and it's slowing fast as of now. One of the themes that could alter that view is the reopening of the Chinese economy. And we obviously obviously see a market betting on a Chinese reopening right now. China is outperforming other equity markets. We see a bounce back in the price of some commodities, uh, most notably, for example, copper and other base metals as a consequence of this reopening play in China. But I have my doubts on whether this is just a straightforward conclusion to make. First of all, if we look at the current status of the Chinese economy, 
we received the PMIs from the Chinese economy just before New Year's. And the most late latest data print is very weak out of China. We have the weakest PMI since the lockdown commenced uh, in February, March 2020. Uh, and we see a PMI clearly below the 50 mark, which means that the Chinese economy is still slowing. Obviously, that will change once the reopening gets going through the spring. But it's very rare that a reopening just happens in a straight line from the announcement is made until the actual production pace is back up and running. But if we look beneath the surface, I'd like to point your attention to a couple of important indicators for future growth in China. The most important indicator I know is the so-called Chinese credit impulse. So what do I mean by the credit impulse in China? It is basically the amount of credit made available to the Chinese real economy over the course of a 12-month period. So loans to corporates, loans to households, etc. So actual Chinese renminbi reaching an end user in the Chinese economy. And this is one of the best forward-looking indicators globally, if you ask me, because when the credit grows in China, it means that the Chinese economic momentum grows after a while. First you get the loan, then you invest, then the economic activity takes place. And right now we see an increasing momentum in the amount of credit given to households and corporates in China, but it's not a major credit cycle compared to what we saw, for example, in 2016 or what we saw in 2013. So the Chinese credit cycle has been more material in other cycles relative to the one that we're watching right now. If we look at the correlation between the Chinese credit growth and Chinese economic activity, it takes right about four to five months from a credit being given to the real economy until you actually see that um, in economic activity in China. So right now we should expect a lag of say in between three and four months until we actually see a pickup in momentum in the Chinese economy. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a short-term setback in the Chinese economy before an explosion in a positive sense throughout the spring. And what does that mean for global markets? If I'm right that the Chinese economy will face a short-term setback before a grand reopening during the spring from an economic perspective. Well, first of all, it's been discussed throughout the week whether this Chinese reopening is positive or negative for global commodity markets. And first of all, I consider China to be a rational player. So when they are reopening the economy now, they've obviously planned for such a scenario for quite a while. And if we look at inventory data out of China on gasoline, oil, and copper, just to take three examples. We've actually noticed a pattern throughout the fourth quarter of 2022 of rising inventories, which to me means that the Chinese bought commodities ahead of the actual reopening happening this week. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. 
Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. If we look at gasoline, first of all, the inventories are actually booming. The Chinese increased the export quotas of refined products this week. I think that is a crystal clear consequence of booming inventories. So they have more in inventory than they actually compared to what they actually need right now in China when it comes to gasoline. So this is important for the oil price, obviously. When it comes to copper, it is a less clear picture. The inventories rose towards the end of December, but at a um, smaller pace relative to gasoline inventories. So my take from an inventory perspective is that the price action to be expected in base metals so copper, iron ore, steel, aluminum, is much more severe than the price action to be expected in energy from this reopening of China. And it actually holds, if you look at historical uh, correlations, the Chinese economy is clearly linked to the cycle of base metals to a larger extent than the cycle of energy commodities such as oil. What about foreign exchange? Um, we've seen a weakening dollar uh, throughout the past couple of trading days. And it is an interesting pattern that every time China builds economic momentum, it tends to weaken the US dollar after a while. So why is that? Well, China is now the biggest trade partner of most European countries most Asian countries, most African countries, and even most Latin American countries. So when the Chinese economy builds momentum, it means that some of these local currencies in Europe, Asia, and Latin America, they can gather momentum after a while against the US dollar. This is probably also the pattern unfolding in FX markets right now. When the Chinese credit impulse, so the amount of credit available to the private sector increases, it tends to weaken the US dollar versus the euro versus the Japanese yen versus the Korean won and other big currencies after a time lag. And on usual correlations, it takes roughly six months from the pickup in economic activity and the pickup in credit in China until we see the full potential unleash in the euro and in the Japanese yen against the US dollar. So I think this Chinese reopening story supports the idea of a weakening US dollar versus other major currencies globally. In rate space, it's an interesting puzzle, this reopening of China. I've never ever seen a divergence compared to what we see right now between US and Chinese interest rates. We have the biggest spread um, relative to history between 10-year bond yields in the US relative to, to China. I think the reason is that China has been sort of in a permanent lockdown since 2020, while the US economy has been reopened. And my best guess is that Chinese rates will have to play catch up with US rates as a consequence of the reopening of the Chinese economy. So expect interest rates in China, especially longer term bond yields to rise through this economic rebound happening on the back of the reopening. So 
I would actually suspect that the divergence between dollar interest rates and Chinese interest, interest rates will be closed from the bottom up. So Chinese interest rates picking up relative to US interest rates, which should also matter for the outlook um, of the US dollar relative to the Chinese renminbi. So stay away from Chinese bonds throughout this reopening. The reopening trade is negative for local bond yields in Asia. If we look broadly speaking across the commodity complex, um, I've taken a look at historical data on the Chinese economy relative to all commodity asset classes. And what I find is pretty interesting when I look at a 10-year horizon of data. First of all, if we look at the Chinese PMIs so of the Purchasing Manager Index of China and the correlation to commodity asset classes, we find silver to be the best performing commodity when China rebounds. So precious metals may also be in for a positive ride as a consequence of this reopening trade in China. But otherwise, it is interesting to see that zinc, copper and aluminum are all placed on the top of the leaderboard on this 10-year chart. While we have gas oil and other energy commodities towards the bottom of this heat map. If we look at the one-year correlation, it is a bit different. And that was some of the feedback that I got last week. Try and look at correlations between various time horizons to double check whether the conclusions hold. And if we look at a one-year correlation, um, we should actually expect crude oil uh, and gasoline to rise as a consequence of this reopening. So the most recent correlation patterns from 2022 will tell you another story on uh, the Chinese reopening and the effects on commodity space. I still hold the view that it's a safer bet to bet on rising base metals, potentially also precious metals, as a consequence of the Chinese reopening. But if you look at the most recent correlations, energy should perform as well in contrast to what I said last week. So the Chinese reopening is probably one of the risk scenarios to my negative view on energy presented last week. What I will say in relation to this energy story and the Chinese reopening is the following. Russia now only sells its oil to China and India. Those are the two major clients left. I find it very hard to believe a scenario where the OPEC plus decides to cut the supply of oil during a Chinese reopening, simply due to the fact that Russia cannot live with a scenario where they decide to quote unquote piss off their biggest client in the commodity space. And that is essentially what they will do if they agree on supply cuts in the OPEC plus cooperation amidst a Chinese reopening. So I consider that a very unlikely scenario to unfold over the course of Q1. And therefore, I consider supply to be ample relative to demand, even in a scenario where the Chinese economy reopens. And that's why I prefer to bet on the Chinese reopening in base metals, such as copper, instead of in energy. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. 
if we look at the correlation between industrial base metals relative to the Chinese PMI, we find a very strong correlation over time. And there is typically a time lag between the rebound in the Chinese PMI that one should expect into the spring and the subsequent move in industrial metals. So you may still have time to position for such a move in the commodity space. If we look at the ramifications for equities, I've also here taken a look at 10 years of data on the correlation between the Chinese economic activity and the subsequent performance of various equity indices. The overwhelming story here is that a Chinese rebound is typically positive for equities. So I guess this could be a game changer for the otherwise bearish outlook for equities. But if we look at the regions that are likely to gain the most from such a reopening, Japan is topping the list, uh, but also local Chinese equities and Hong Kong equities are likely to gain from a reopening also to a larger degree than, for example, the S&P 500 in the US. If we look at US equities, NASDAQ is more sensitive to this Chinese reopening in a positive sense, while also Russell growth stocks tend to outperform, for example, the S&P when the Chinese reopening occurs. So that is something to bear in mind if you're negative on the equity market. This Chinese reopening could alter that view if we get this grand reopening unfolding through the spring. I have my doubts whether it's enough to fully counter the negative consequences of the recession of the West. But in any case, it may be worth considering going long APAC, quote unquote, equities um, as a consequence of this Chinese reopening. Japan looks like a decent bet on such a story. Finally, if we look at sectors in equities relative to the performance of the Chinese economy, we have information technology at the top of the leaderboard. We have consumer discretionary right behind that. And then we have healthcare ranked as number three. And if you remember what I said last week, um, I prefer to be long healthcare stocks relative to short energy stocks as a relative play on inflation slowing, growth slowing in the US. But it is also interesting that we have a positive move on the cars in healthcare as a consequence of the Chinese reopening on historical data relative to the move in energy. Energy is the worst performing sector of 10, on 10 years of data when the Chinese economy rebounds. Obviously, this is a sample taking over the past 10 years where energy didn't perform overall. But in any case, I find it interesting that healthcare is so positively correlated to the Chinese economy and the potential grand reopening during the spring. So to sum up, you need to watch this Chinese reopening. And even though there are a few reasons to expect hiccups short term, the credit data from China tells you to be more upbeat on Chinese economic activity in three to four months from now, more upbeat by a mile. And that is interesting for the overall global outlook. It may alter the view of negative, negative equity sentiment across the globe, but in particular, it should lead to the conclusion that the dollar will suffer relative to other major currencies. It should lead to the conclusion that base metals, industrial metals, will gain due to this reopening. It is probably also a decently positive signal for gold and silver. And ultimately, it is probably also a decent signal for Japanese stocks. And I hold my 
positions in healthcare relative to energy, despite this Chinese reopening. This was the second edition of Stenos Signals. Please leave feedback again this week. I promise to read it all, and I promise to adapt to the feedback that I receive. Uh, it was overwhelming to see the amount of views on the first edition of this program, and I am truly humbled by the amount of likes and comments that I've received. Remember that this is not financial advice. This is merely a window into my thinking. I cannot know whether you have the same investment horizon, whether you have the same risk appetite as me, or whether you have a portfolio construction that allows these positions to fit in. But what I can promise is that I will take a deep dive into global macro week in and week out on Real Vision. And I promise you that I will remain vocal on actionable macro ideas in every show. Thank you for watching this second edition of Stenos Signals. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.